Good evening, everyone. It's time for another episode of Necromaniacs. How's it going, Mike? Everything going good? Everything is good. What is up, everybody? As Mr. Hill has said, you are listening to the Necromaniacs podcast. The our podcast coming at you every single week. Uh, it's good to be here, Mr. Hill. Uh, I feel like it's been longer than usual for me, although me and and Jeff have been doing a very good job, I think, alternating lately. You know, yeah. you think so? Yeah, definitely. You know, and Jeff just relocated out to uh, Austin, Texas from L.A. Yeah. So he's been, yeah. you know, he's been busy, but he's, you know, we've been we've been getting uh, getting together, doing episodes, you know. Totally, man. We've been we've all been making it work, which is great. And uh, of course, you know, gotta say what's up to the great listeners out there who who support us and check us out week after week. Thank you guys. But I am well. I don't know. I feel like I might have a cold. I might be uh, having some allergy thing, or it is round two of the Rona. I don't know what it is. We'll see. I, I don't <laughs> think. I mean, you just had it, so you probably you got an, antibodies and stuff. So you're probably okay. It's yeah, probably just, it's probably uh, just a cold. Yeah, it's probably right. a cold. You're all right. It's just, you know, it's it's fun to make a little joke about yeah. getting it a second time in, you know, four and a half months. But, uh, yeah, it's probably either a cold or allergies. It is allergy season, listeners, as many of you know. Um, but, yeah, I uh, was told you before we got rolling tonight that I went to the uh, biannual chiller. If something is twice a year, that's biannual, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, there's a, the April Chiller Theater out in Jersey in the October. Uh, went to the April one, had myself a good time. I met Patty Mullen of Frankenhooker. Man, was she cool, Mike. She was really cool. Really funny, actually. Funny woman. Um, very kind of like self-deprecating humor and super duper New York accent on her, man. Love she seems it. like a good kid. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Definitely a good kid. Um, you know, I tell you, it's very cool to have your one movie. I mean, look, most people don't even have one movie, right? A lot of actors, actresses out there. She has Frankenhooker. She is forever Frankenhooker. She's great in that movie. And I just think that that's kind of cool. No? I mean. Yeah, it's a great film, man. It's like. Oh, infinitely rewatchable too, Frank and Hooker. Oh yeah, I mean, just a few weeks ago on the show, I I talked about that I rewatched it, and I was just like, you know, remembering, man, this is actually much funnier than I remembered it as a younger lad. Um, you know, uh, thanks to her and and James Lawrence, and I mean, it's just and it's just a, as I told her, it's kind of like this the old school New York love letter, and she totally agreed with me on that. You know, it also Late puts. Hohokus, New Jersey, on the map too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's the new. It's a. It's a very New York, New Jersey movie. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, it was cool. Yeah, I also uh, stopped by the the Severin table and I plunked down some coin. I got um, the Don't Go in the House blue, uh, you know, with the, with the slip cover. I got Night of the Demon, which is a Bigfoot movie that I've never seen. Have you seen Night of the Demon? I haven't. No. It's a late 70s Bigfoot movie that's supposed to be quite good. Um, and then uh, I, I recently, uh, not at the con, I, I, I took part in the Kino Lorber uh, Blu-ray sale, and I got a bevy of movies that I'd like to plunk down and watch, including Enter the Ninja, Michael, uh, with the amazing Frank O'Nero. And I also got Frank O'Nero's Man, Pride, and Vengeance uh one of his uh, many Westerns. Um, and tonight, folks, we even tie in Franco Nero a little bit with the movie we'll be covering. But we'll get to that later, right, Michael? That's right. That's right. There is a Franco Nero connection. There's a Franco Nero connection to tonight's film. And listeners, you might have heard Doyle the cat in the background. He just uh, gave a very loud hello. Uh, so if you hear a cat, it's my cat Doyle, who is going to be 19 years old. That's amazing. Awesome. That's great. Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 19 years young. 19 years young. Yes, he's a mere teenager. Yeah. But uh, what about you, Mike? What, what have you been up to? Um, you know, just uh, 
working more than normal actually which has been kind of a drag uh, you know? yeah but, uh, you know just uh things are getting crazy at my job but it's all good um mm. saw a couple movies i saw the northman in um in the movie oh you theater. did see it yeah i was oh, talking to jeff nice. about it a little bit it was everything i hoped it would be oh wow yeah. awesome yeah incredible incredible movie um you know i'm sure i'm sure someone's gonna talk shit about it but i thought i thought it was great no, it, it looks amazing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just judging by the trailer and the commercials and everything. I mean, I don't know. It looks like I can't miss, you know? Sometimes uh, you just know. I feel like I want Robert Eggers to do a Conan movie. Mm. After seeing The Northman, I was like, yeah, this is like what Conan should be like. Yeah, I mean, it's time. I mean, it's been a long-ass time since there's been uh, any stab or you know a conan movie it's i think it's time don't you think i totally think so um in addition to that i've been watching outer range have you have you know what that is have you seen that no it's on prime okay and uh it's got josh brolin lily taylor and uh imogen poots who, okay uh, good know, cast yeah good cast yeah. it it's let's put it this way it's a weird tale it's definitely mm. a weird tale. It takes place in the West, modern okay. times, and there's a hole in the ground that may or may not take you to another dimension. Somewhere in the past or maybe even the future. So that's all I'll say about it. It's a fucking cool show, though. I really, I'm really liking it. Hmm. You know, there's a murder. Very, uh, yeah, there, there's like sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a murder. There's like, uh, you know, stuff like that going on. Like, there's a little bit of a crime element to it. Very, very, very good. Very strange, but uh, I, 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 for me, it's perfect. I love it. No, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like something I would like. You know what's weird, man? This I've said it before. There's, there's so much shit out there, like. I, I like if you didn't even mention this, how the hell would I know that this even was going on? Like that's yeah. that's how much stuff there's like the, going there's, on. There's right? so much, and, you know, and there's stuff that everyone has seen that I haven't seen yet. For example, Ozark. I, I haven't love seen, Ozark. I, I haven't seen a single day. episode of it. To be honest, I have never watched it, and it's like the now, biggest that, show. That is something you would like, I think. I, you I, would dig it. I imagine I would, you know, and and, um, and I will get to it. Yeah. Now, listeners, since it just ended, I am not going to spoil anything, but I've watched it since day one, and man, did I not like the last episode. Oh, That's no. all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. Didn't yeah. like it. Didn't like it, but but I do want you to, to, to have no, you know, like preconceived notion. Just watch the show, you know? All right. Yeah, no, totally, man. And uh, actually, I watched a documentary last night uh, on Arrow the arrow app that ties in with tonight's episode. I watched Excellent. hell on earth, the desecration and resurrection of the devils. Now, interestingly enough, that is an extra on my DVD R from angel digital, a DVD that I teased that I've had forever. So I watched half of that myself. So I will watch it on the arrow app in a much better condition that this horrible DVD R is. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rewatch, so to speak. But one other thing I wanted to mention, um, well, two other things, really, um, about back to work. I am now back in the office two days a week and exhausting the commute. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's been over two years of not having to get up on a train and carve out an hour and 20 minutes one way just for a commute. And doing that back and forth for two days in a row is fucking exhausting. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm very grateful to have a job, but holy shit, I feel like I'm not prepared at all. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting prepared, I guess, by just doing it. But it is just a mind fuck, people. Um, from just working from home every day to this has been very odd, Mike. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Um, I I can't even imagine that. Honestly, it's like I, I go into an office, but one one of them is like twenty minutes away from here, 
and the other one is right. maybe 30 minutes away. So it, I don't travel mm -hmm. that far. And yeah. I've, I've yet to travel by, by Jersey transit into, into New York city for work. So, uh, right. That, that, that would be a comparable commute from, for me mm -hmm. to get to Manhattan. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, I talked to a coworker today who's 90 minutes one way from Jersey, Jersey transit to Manhattan. And he was just like, wow. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I forgot what this felt like. It's been, you know, a long time for everybody, but, uh, it is what it is. Uh, the other thing, you cannot forget the plugs, people. Uh, and here they are. We want you to check out Break the Apocalypse podcast, coming at you every Friday with a new episode. We would like you to check out the Horror Wolf 666 podcast, right, Michael? That's right. I hung out with Brandon, actually. Yes, you did on your tour. Yeah, we chatted about that last time. Yeah. What's up, Brandon? Thank you so I much. Keep, I keep, I keep saying support. that. I keep talking about it because it was cool. Yeah. That's oh, how cool yeah. it was. <laughs> I bet you had a good-ass good, good -ass time. I would like to hang out with him. Maybe oh, dude, he's the best, New York man. One yeah. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, dude. Fun. Have him come up here. It'd be great. Um, into the Necrosphere. I like that podcast. I enjoy it. I listen to it. Check those guys out. And... Uh, I like to give these guys a shout, even though they don't give us a shout and they don't know we exist. <laughs> Agitators Anonymous podcast. Um, Alan Averill from Primordial, a band I enjoy very much. Uh, he's back from tour. He was off for two weeks. He came back last week because uh, Primordial did a run, their first since, you know, the Rona. And, uh, yeah, he had some interesting things to talk about from being on the road for the first time in two years. So that was a cool episode. So yeah, check all of that out. All right. So that leads us nicely into tonight's episode, which is um, The Devils, written That's right. and directed by Ken Russell. Mm. Um, listeners may remember the last time Mike and I got together, we kind of sort of teased we were going to cover this movie, right? Well, actually, it's funny. Just from us mentioning it a couple episodes ago, people have been like hyped about that. You know, I yeah. got tons of, uh, you know, messages. Oh, the, you know, The Devils is uh, one of my favorite uh, movies, you know. And, um, mm. you know, shout out to, uh, to Lucia from uh, Northern Ireland by, mm -hmm. way of, by way of Guatemala, who this is one of uh -huh. her favorite movies. So, yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned, this has sat in a pile of movies to watch for a very, very long time. Um I guess it's because mainly it's a DVD-R. It is not a nice little shiny Blu-ray. Uh, this movie is not available in America on Blu-ray or DVD. So that didn't really help either, Michael. Nah, exactly, um, man. Until just weeks ago, it popped up on fucking Shutter, And I was like, what the hell? No. And, you know, did a little research. And sure enough, it's it's the it's the edited version, which is the the version that is unfortunately available on Shutter, is what I watched alongside, you could say, this DVD R that I had from Angel Digital, which is the full version, and it comes with some cool extras. Um, and I'm glad I did. I I enjoyed this movie very much. It is very controversial, but as I said before we started the show, I said to Mike, I honestly felt it wasn't as over the top as its reputation. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is very over the top, but I think I was prepared to watch like cannibal Holocaust or sallow. And it's not quite at that level of sickness for me. What do you think, Mike? Well, I agree that it's not as extreme as sallow, but you gotta remember this came out in 1971. Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's quite a bit of nudity in it. Yep. Um, that kind of uh, depravity, you know? Yes. But also, people get super uptight when you start delving into uh, the Catholic Church and having blasphemous mm -hmm. imagery, and that sort of yeah. thing is what got people really upset, I think. Yeah, and also you're right. Let's look at the time period. I think it, it partners well with Clockwork Orange, which is around this time, early 70s. Yeah. Another one that always cracks the list of shock, most shocking movies ever made. You know, 
Clockwork Orange is always on that list. Uh, this movie's always on that list. And of course, like I said, Sallow and Cannibal Holocaust are always there. And, you know, I, I bet you if you dig a little deeper, movies like Martyrs and I Stand Alone are on there, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's in the annals of, of controversy. Uh, controversy, excuse me. Um, but this is, I mean, a real deal movie with a real deal script and good acting. And it's, it's beautifully shot, um, you know. It's like, but it is not Caligula, folks. I feel like, I don't know, I, it has this weird reputation, I think, this movie. But when you watch it, you come away with something a little different. Um, I, I enjoy Caligula. I'm a Caligula fan, don't get me wrong. But that is a little later in history when things were uh, even more off the hook than the early 70s. So I think you're right. Yeah, you know, and this, this like you said, it's a real movie, man. I mean, it's got a, a stunning cast in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, Ken Russell... You, you guys might know him from Altered States. You know, that was a great, great film. He did Tommy, you know, the Who rock opera. Yeah. And um, he'd actually worked with, uh, well, actually, the let's go into the cast, I guess, who's, um, who's involved sure. in this movie. So it stars Oliver Reed as Urbane Grandier. And One the, of the most manliest men of all time, would you say? Hell yeah, Oliver. dude. He's, he is like a <laughs> badass, dude. Oliver Reed rules. I love him. <laughs> Especially in this movie, you know? Very intense actor and kind of a hellraiser, too, from what I understand. Mm, no, he he's one of the original hellraisers, like, in my opinion. Like, you know, going back to, like, the, the 60s. He was, like, the original guy that if, if you saw you were about to make a movie with him, you'd probably be like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like both the men and the women, honestly, to be honest, you know, <laughs> he has a, he had a, a rep and a half people just, just do a little Google search if you want of, uh, of, of this man. And, uh, but anyway, continue Mr. Hill. Yeah. The, uh, sublime Vanessa Redgrave mm-hmm. as a uh, sister reverend, the, uh, sister Jean de, de, de Zanger. Well, these are French huh? names here. So I'm not going to try to kill yeah, him too much. Yeah, take place in France. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, there's like, I'll just go through some of the other main characters. Um, Graham Armitage as uh, Louis Thirteenth. He uh, mm-hmm. plays a big role in this. Uh, let's see who else here. I probably uh, should have did a better job of preparing myself uh, for this. Michael, Michael Gothard as Father uh, Pierre Barr. He was off the hook in this movie, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was great. Who played Rich, Richelieu, the... Um, I don't. I don't see him listed here. He's like one That's of the main characters. Question. Actually, they didn't. Oh, they don't have Christopher Luge as Cardinal Richelieu. Yes. Okay. He's another son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, Gemma Jones as uh, Madeline, who uh, mm-hmm. we get into her her importance in this film. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Murray Melvin as Father Canon Jean Mignon, and that's I, I believe that was the uh, the Witchfinder. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see Cardinal Wood. Okay, great. All right, so yeah, so that it's a it's a real real care you know real actors are, are in this film. Yeah, and, and furthermore, the score was done by this like avant garde composer Peter Maxwell Davies. Mm-hmm. So everything about this film, the design, the music, the acting, the writing, you know, Ken Russell wrote and directed this, and it was based on a a book. Well, two there's two sources. The mm-hmm. Devils of Loudon by Aldous Huxley, and it's yep. um, you know, a, a factual book about this very story, which this actually happened. Like real people did. Yeah, these are real people, folks. Uh, the, the characters in this movie existed in real life. Correct. Yeah, and then there was a play called The Devils by John Whiting, and that was mm-hmm. based. It was a dramatization of uh, of the of of the devils of Loudon by uh, Aldous Huxley. So that was the source material that uh, Ken Russell drew from to make the uh, screenplay for this film. And um, in the documentary, which that, you know, I was saying how this documentary ties into the film. They interviewed Ken Russell and he was saying he basically, he just read the two pieces and he's Mm -hmm. like, he just sat down with a notebook and a pencil and the whole thing just fucking came out of him. Essentially. Wow. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, side note, uh, Ken Russell, Catholic, by the way, 
Devout Catholic, oh, oddly enough. Interesting. Yeah. Devout Catholic. That's what he says. Yeah. Okay. In, in the quote that I have from him, uh, it says, I was devout Catholic and very secure in my faith. I knew I wasn't making a pornographic film. Although I am not a political creature, I always viewed the devils as my one political film. To me, it's about brainwashing, about the state taking over. And you know what, folks? I was going to say, I, we didn't get into this before the podcast, Mike, is that I myself saw this movie as just as much a movie about political power as I did about any type of religious, over-religious frenzy. Well, I um, agree totally, actually. Yes. I um you know, I think that uh, that's a, that's it's a very powerful statement against brainwashing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the government overreach, like that kind of thing and uh, manipulation. Because, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. they the town in France where this takes place in Loudoun was a self-governing town. OK. And the powers that be, the government hated that. And basically wanted to do whatever it took to take down the town and take out uh, the, the priests, take out everyone in power, and, you know, at any cost. I mean, basically, you know, killing its citizens, you know what I'm saying, um, which we can get into. Yeah. And that is a very big part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there's this scene where they kind of lay it out where Louis, Louis the, uh, the 13th is, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of debauched upper upper class like depraved kind of like you know oh, kid yeah. basically oh, you probably yeah. you know he's just like all the all the things you read about like a you know like crazy like rich people he kind of mm-hmm. embodies that and um <laughs> kind of doesn't really care about governing you know he's just into depravity you know and um yeah. cardinal richelieu is uh you know a cardinal you know catholic church mm-hmm. he's the one who puts the idea into Lou, into Louis the Thirteenth's head that we have to do away with these walled cities. You know, we have to yeah, be able to control yeah. everybody. And uh, right, so that was where that whole you know impetus came to go to Loudon, and uh, and and at at the time, um, Oliver Reed's character uh, Grandier, Grandier mm-hmm. was a powerful uh, priest, a man of the cloth. Yeah. You know. Everybody um, loved him. Everyone loved mm-hmm. him. And he was like kind of a man of the people. You know, he didn't want the walls to come down. He wanted everyone to, you know, have, you know, their freedom. And uh, mm-hmm. so he stood against this whole movement to pull down the walls. You know, there's a, uh, there's a scene, very good scene, where there's a standoff between him and, you know, his people. And, you know, they, they, he circumvented the whole thing of not having the walls taken down. Also, are we in a post inquisition moment because um the, the the governing people seem to hate the protestants yeah um and alvarez is like you know what we can we, let's live among the protestants the protestants aren't so bad like you know what i'm saying meanwhile the protestants are being enslaved and tortured yeah. and you know um so well, we're, it's, yeah. we're kind of looking at i think that historical period right it's a well, that, that, that's why the united states uh, came about is, you know for mm-hmm. re- religious freedom like the uh yes you know, yes protestants you know founded the u.s basically but i do want to say though about grandier while he is rather beloved he is not that good a guy <laughs> um, no 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 definitely he is a priest he's supposed to be a devout you know catholic uh priest or whatever uh, in, in leadership so to speak and he's banging broads left and right and he gets one pregnant the the wrong one pregnant let's just say um he's he's a kind of you know a, a debaucherous man but apparently a lot of priests back then were they were not practicing what they were preaching even though they should have been celibate yeah well, well he kind of addresses that a little bit too where he's talking about how he interprets the bible like in his own way and he doesn't believe he's yeah, you know breaking yeah. any rules hey good Nothing for him i saw right, man you right. know i mean i think that's a stupid fucking rule anyway man you know yes he says nowhere in the bible does it say a priest can't marry or have sex which apparently is true um that came much later on um, and, th- and it is literally something uh, that is practiced by the Catholics only. 
um, in, in the Jewish religion, the rabbis are married. In Protestants, the Protestant preachers are married. Uh, in the Muslim religion, uh, their leaders are married. So yes, he's got a bit of a point there, uh, uh, Oliver Reed, I would say. Now, Oliver Reed, beloved by men, but also women, white women, white <laughs> French women were losing mm-hmm. their mind over this dude. Yes. Losing their minds, Mike. The nuns, people. <laughs> the big the big problem in this movie is that it's not just the women in the town that like this priest. It's that the whole, you know, pretty much all the nuns in the not the monastery, monasteries for the priests. What's for the nuns? The uh it's, uh the Ur- the the Ursuline convent. It's a very specific con- convent. Yeah. All the nuns in the convent are a little too hot for him, including the head nun, uh, Vanessa Redgrave's character. <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave yeah. is amazing mm-hmm. in this movie. She's like, oh, yeah. as like a hunchback and uh, mm-hmm. out of her mind. Like these, these women are go are nuts because they just want to get laid. Really, that's what it comes down to. It. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the crux of it. I mean, it is interesting. It's almost like right out of the gate, like before any of the real craziness of the story unfolds, the nuns are kind of dying to see him pass through this town. They're looking out this window, uh, you know, and, they, you know, it's like they're, they're super into him, like right out of the gate, you know? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's a handsome guy. He's got a cool haircut, you know. He's yeah, the, he's the a you know, man of the 70s. Yeah. Man of the 70s, you know, exactly. Yeah. Oliver Reed, you know. Yeah. Real quick um, about the nuns, though, um, you know, what, what I do like about this film, and, and I was thinking about, the fact that Ken Russell is a devout Catholic and you, I believe you could still consider yourself a Catholic and be critical of the Catholic church, and that's, sure. you know, and then the political elements of it and the kind of manipulation that goes on and the completely unreasonable rules that they make people live under, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, totally. Um, I mean, I think any, any, Anyone in any religious denomination can see that nothing is perfect, right? Um, you know, every religion has its drawbacks, I would say. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that Ken Russell himself uh, was a Catholic guy. Um, made some pretty wild-ass movies. Uh, he, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, there's one movie that my dad liked that he, uh, you know, during the VHS era called Crimes of Passion. Very sexy movie, Michael. My dad used to watch that a lot. And then in 1991, when I was a senior in high school, he dropped the movie Whore with uh, Teresa Russell. No relation. Yes. Whore. That is a movie he made in 1991. It was a very, very controversial movie, actually. So he's never shied away from, you know, uh, edgy material, Mr. Ken Russell. Rest in peace. Now, actually, with Crimes of Passion, Mm-hmm. I, I think I saw that movie. Yeah, uh, Anthony Perkins is in it. Oh right, and um, that other, the the lady that's uh, <laughs> that that actress. I can't remember her name, but she's oh hold in on, it. yeah, uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen yes. Turner. She's, yeah. Kathleen Turner. She's hot in this movie. Yeah, she's hot in this movie. She had mm-hmm. her period of time. Yeah, where she mm-hmm. was smolderingly hot. Yep, and this was one of those movies. Yeah, the movie Whore is from 91. It's uh, Teresa Russell, uh, another, you know, good-looking late 80s, early 90s actress. No relation to Ken Russell, by the way. But, uh, yeah, it's about a Los Angeles street prostitute. Interesting movie. Worth worth seeing. Wow. Yeah, Crimes Mm -hmm. of Passion was another movie that did not have a release for a long time. And then I remember it was a big deal when it came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the post-VHS days, it was kind of hard to find. Uh, and he also did the movie I like, Gothic, about oh, yeah, the yeah, Lord yeah. Byron, Percy Shelley, you know, with Gabriel Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, and Natasha Richardson. Again, another another little tie-in, folks. I'm going to tie a lot of these people together in a little bit. But yeah, Gothic is a cool movie. Check that movie out. That is, that is a good movie. I forgot it. I forgot all about that film. Mm. Yeah. So, back to the Devils. Um, so yeah, the nuns have the hots for him. He's kind of ruffled a lot of feathers in the town, let's just say. Um, and now he's kind of got the government 
kind of gunning to take him down, right, Mike? Yes, because he's too powerful, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he stands in the way of, uh, you know, the government uniting and mm-hmm. doing away with these city-states and these walled yeah. cities. So he's, he's mm-hmm. in the way of all that. And then uh, Vanessa Redgrave, you know, in her sexual frustration and also the fact that uh, he secretly marries. Um, yeah, one of his girlfriends. Yeah, uh, Madeline. Madeline, yeah. yeah. And um, she discovers that he secretly marries this lady. Oh, and Vanessa Redgrave's character is like having these sexy dreams about him. Crazy that are like, dream. yeah. You know, where he's Thank Jesus you Christ. Dream, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's on the cross and they're rolling around in the mud and there's all this like, and she doesn't have a hunchback in the dream mm-hmm. you know and uh very and, racy and there's a third level of, of problems you have the problem that that she's obsessed with him you have the problem that he's went and gone off and got married and then the third thing is that he's gotten um uh, i don't know someone in the town who's of some powers daughter pregnant yeah right yep and he kind of just threw her away and she went and told everybody that the priest got her pregnant and doesn't give a fuck and doesn't care about the baby like that whole, you know, he's like I said, not a great guy, <laughs> um, a flawed man. So it's almost like he's almost ripe for getting taken down in a way, if you really think about it. Yeah. And, and really, that's really, as far as I'm concerned, his abandonment of the pregnant lady is really his only transgression. You know, mm. he gets accused of things that are just not true. Yes. And that becomes the vehicle of his downfall. He gets accused of, of witchcraft, of like devilry, and he gets accused of having sex with Vanessa Redgrave <laughs> because she she's kind of, her obsession with him has led to her kind of mental breakdown. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they they bring in a professional witch hunter witch hunter father Pierre Barre uh, to perform like an exorcism on her, which is like an an enema and like it's like I mean you don't see it though but it's it's very implied and it just things just start to get off the rails once the witch hunter has been brought in and the the beginning of them trying to kind of take out you know Grandier. <laughs> Yeah. So and, the end. and this is like the real hypocrisy, you know, this whole part of it, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if any of you guys out there have read about like the, um, you know, the witch trials in Salem and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a great book out there called the six women of Salem. And they talk about just how, you know, the angle that was being used was about control. It wasn't necessarily about, you know, oh yeah, this is uh this person's, practicing witchcraft or is possessed by the devil or any of that kind of stuff. And that's kind of the sense you get in this thing. Like, uh, you know, Sister Jean tells these tall tales about uh, Grandier coming into a room with like six, yeah. six other like demons basically and having their way with him, you know, and it's like way with her rather. And it's kind of like, huh. These are kind of her fantasies about like what she hopes Grandi would like Grandier to actually do with her, but yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so she's reflecting all this stuff outwardly. You know, her frustration. She's jealous. You know, she's jealous of this woman, and um, yeah, and it just he he gets accused of all this stuff of being you know a Satanist and the devil worshiper and a raper of women and like all this stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean pretty much none of this is true and it is an attempt by the the government to get rid of him and take him down and and fuck with him and yeah it's it's it really is essentially like i said as much about as it has this rep this you know this blasphemous reputation and scenes of blasphemy which it does um a lot of it if you really think about it or maybe not even think about that much is is about political power and political overreach and and the 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 lengths that you know some corrupt politicians will go to for their you know end goal yeah and and in the documentary they kind of talk about um you know nuns yeah the the Mm -hmm. ursuline nuns the convent and how they're just 
you know, you think of it, you have, you and I probably have a very different idea about nuns than what actually yeah. existed back then. You know, mm -hmm. these are just like young, ignorant girls that their families put them in a convent essentially because they mm -hmm. couldn't, they, for whatever reason, they weren't able to marry them off. Yeah. So, yes. Here, put them in a convent. So they're, you know, these these simple young ladies. The families a lot of times couldn't afford dowries for them. Yeah. Uh, money for them to get married. And then they, they said something like in the movie where, well, they, they had, they weren't as they weren't attractive and the parents couldn't marry them off. Like it was that kind of wild. Like, you know, um, that was what was going on back then. Uh, Mike and I, well, I went to Catholic grammar school. Did you, Mike? No, I did not. I, I, I went to school. public school, but I went to like, you know, CCD and all that stuff too, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't have the Catholic school experience. Yeah, I did first grade through 12th grade. Um, and all the nuns were these old ladies, you know, Sister Mary Catherine, Sister Patrick, whatever, like, you know, all those kind of names, Sister Valerie. And some of them were very violent and they hit the kids, me included. I got slapped across the face by a nun once. And, it, you know, I, this was totally going on. Literally, I would say up into maybe the beginning of the 90s, late 80s. I mean, to hear this now, uh, any parent would lose their mind for a teacher to put their hands on the child. But in the 70s and 80s, it was okay. They didn't really care. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, it, it sounds a little crazy, maybe to some of the younger listeners, but it's true. Uh, it happens all the time. Well, uh, yeah, just just getting yeah. getting smacked around in general when you yeah. were a kid was a little oh, more accepted well, yes, back then. Totally. Yeah. But half the time the parents were on the side of the teachers anyway. It was it was a weird ass time. Let's just say that. So yeah, nuns nuns were wacky. Uh, don't get me wrong. There were some wonderful nuns out there. Did a lot of good, but the ones in my school when I was in grade school, eh, I don't know. They were. Very angry women uh, who were violent. So that was my experience with nuns. I remember, like you know, in high school, uh, there was I went. You know, I have a public a product of public schools, mm -hmm. and um, you know, there was a there was a Catholic school. You know, grade school and high school, and uh, the the girls that went to the Catholic school were were wild. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not not a big surprise, um, you know. Yep. Uh, I've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it was what it was back then. When, whenever but, I, I would be, you know, when if I would go to a party or something like that when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> and I saw that that posse of, of Catholic school chicks show up, I was like, "Here comes trouble." Here comes trouble. That's yeah. right. That's all I got to say yeah. about it. Hey man, sometimes sometimes that's all you got to say, Michael. You know, yeah, and people understand. <laughs> but you know, the, these poor nuns in this movie are look to a degree they're kind of manipulated, but a, a good bunch of them are just kind of going along with the mania, which is kind of fake, right? And they kind of throw a poor guy under the bus for nothing. Would you agree? Yeah, just out of frustration, you know. It's like, mm. you know, it starts it starts with uh, with Sister Jean, you know, and she's mm. like the head nun, so they just follow her. Oh yeah, Sister Jean says this guy's uh, you know, practicing witchcraft and raped her and all this stuff. So we're just yeah. gonna follow, you know, follow suit. Follow follow leader is basically what happens here. Yeah. Um, but at some point though, Sister Jean. Once they've kind of arrested Grandier and his, his new wife, Madeline, and, you know, she does get some remorse. She attempts to hang herself, actually, out of guilt. Now, here's my question. Was that out of guilt or was that she's losing her fucking mind when she Both. tries to kill herself? I think she's lost. She was losing her mind. Like in the beginning mm. of the movie, cause she just wants to get laid, really, you know. And then this mm. Grandier shows up with his mustache, and you know, 
and like you know his like virile like masculine form and she just that just drives her insane over the edge she's just she can't you know she doesn't know what to do with herself so that's where um, she, you know she ended the jealousy and then when yeah. she sees that they're going to destroy grandier mm. then she's like oh what have i done you know yeah um, right before this scene, there's an infamous scene that I believe is not fully on the shutter version, the rape of Christ scene, where they remove this tremendous crucifix uh, from, from, a, from the altar in the church and, and like sexually assaulted this huge Jesus crucifix. Yeah. Uh, do you recall not. that scene? In the, no, that's not, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. It's referred to as the rape of Christ scene, infamous scene that uh, got many minutes shaved off of it. Uh, I'm sure you could probably find it out there. Maybe I don't know if it's on YouTube, but you know these boot DVDs have made the rounds because people have heard that this movie has been, you know, truncated and they want to see the real thing. So uh, check that out for the completists. Um, so yeah, they you know they they grab Grandier, they fucking put on this like trial, they shave his head, they torture him, they bash his legs in. I mean, you know, it's really fucked up. And they they sentence him to death by burning him at the stake alive, of course. And they keep saying, you know, to confess and confess, and you know, they, they keep pressuring him to confess to these charges. And he, of course, refuses because he's done nothing wrong. Um, so, of course, he's not going to confess to blasphemy and witchcraft and all this because he didn't do any of it. And, well, they burn him at the stake. Uh, and what did you think of that scene as far as, like, the severity of it? That was powerful, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It was a powerful scene. And uh, it just, once again, speaking to, you know, Ken Russell's christianity is catholicism it, it's it's in a way it's a kind of cathartic because you know grandier refuses to knuckle under to this like pressure that's being put on him you know you know there's mm. even a scene where the executioner is like he's like i'll strangle you before we right like, and they don't on get fire to do that. you know mm. <laughs> it's like i'm like gee thanks you know thanks for strangling me to death before you light me on fire that's cool you know, appreciate and, it. And what, one of his priests, uh, Mignon, who was on his side at one point, of course, you know, folded like a deck of ca deck of cards. He he kind of he himself, you see it on his face that like, uh oh, um, I, I think uh, we're killing an innocent man here. Um, so th there's some people finally going, uh oh, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, right around this time, you start seeing the walls of the town exploding, because of course. With with uh, Grandier dead, the government can now do whatever the fuck they want to load it, and it's kind of kind of a fucking harsh scene, right? It has a very cynical ending, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, they found their sacrificial lamb, you know. They they did him in, and now the uh, the the wheel of uh, of authoritarian government is stepping all over the freedom of these people, you know. Mm. And the sad thing is that Sister Jean, for proclaiming, you know, that he was innocent, they, they put her in a fucking insane asylum, of course. Um, and this is a weird-ass scene. Um, the, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, is it, ba yeah, Barre gives uh, the uh, Vanessa Redgrave's character his femur bone. Yeah. It's brutal. And, um, However, again, if, 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 if in the uncut version, she kisses and starts to masturbate with the bone. Uh, again, not entirely certain if any of that is left in the shutter version. Um, it's you, there's no like close up or anything like that, but it's you know it's pretty obvious. You don't, you don't have like a, a wide open shot of an No, there's none of that going on. <laughs> but it's 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 rather rather you know. Yeah, you know what she's doing with it. So she's obviously lost her fucking mind. Um, and then we see uh, that Madeline, the, the, the poor girl that he, he managed to marry, has been released from wherever she was being held. It's funny because I actually was wondering what the fuck happened to her amidst all this. And um, 
she's kind of walking through the rubble of the town and she just walks away from the ruined city and it has that bleak 70s ending right mike That's where right. like the crawl comes up and there's the music and there's this poor woman just walking through the aftermath of the rubble oh yeah yeah very powerful ending man you know and no, uh, and like well, like we said you know there's an uncut version somewhere you know mm-hmm. and um i i would love to see it like the one on shutter is isn't is edited it's not the yes. uh, complete version of the film unfortunately Correct, correct. Um, so I was going to say that, that there's there's a Franco Nero connection, and you know if you know if you know your your cult movie stars and your movie stars, uh, you know that uh, Vanessa Redgrave is married to Franco Nero. It is her second husband. Um, Vanessa Redgrave has two had two daughters, uh, Jolie Richardson, who's been in many movies and. TV shows, uh, pretty actress with blonde hair, and of course her sister who died, Natasha Richardson, who was also a great actress, uh, who was married to Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. uh, that is, yeah, that was his his widow. So very very famous family there. Yeah, you know, and Vanessa Redgrave is like a, um, you know, a thespian. You know what I mean? She's, yeah, she's still alive, mm-hmm. and you know, as well as Frank O'Neill, they're both still alive, still married. You know, she's like a high-level actress. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. for her to be in this film, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Totally. It's kind of kind of amazing, actually. Well, wait a minute though. It, who's what's her name? Who's in Caligula? Who's like also now this uh, a, a very uh, big actress? We have a very similar scenario with Caligula. Hold on, give me one second. The name is escaping me. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, I'm blanking though. Hold on. This is why I always have Caligula film 1979. It has Helen Mirren is in Caligula. There you go. So you have Helen Mirren in Caligula and you have Vanessa Redgrave in the devil. (laughs) Yeah, two, two very famous high level, uh, British actresses, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone out there who has the Arrow app, um, you mm-hmm. can definitely check out the Hell on Earth documentary alongside watching this on Shutter. But mm-hmm. Mike, didn't you say you think it's already gone off of Shutter? I thought they made a post on Instagram that said like a week or so ago, or under a week ago, that said a few days left to watch the Devils. Oh wow! Damn. So, so yeah. it might be gone. Or it's got a week left or so. I don't know. Uh, we're recording this at the very beginning of May, May 3rd. Hopefully it's still there. If it is not there, well, back to the gray markets for you people. But hopefully uh, you got to catch it. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You know, and, and you were saying that this is like uh, Warner Brothers' dirty secret, this movie, right? <laughs> yes. Warner Brothers owns this movie. And I guess the, the word on the street is that they don't want a blue, you know, U.S. Blu-ray of this movie, a domestic release. They don't want. They don't want to put it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I guess it's. I kind of get it, but at the same time, I don't think this movie's that bad. I think it should be out. How's that? You know. Oh, certainly <laughs> it should be out. This should there should be a criterion to this movie if you ask yeah. me. Oh, yeah. 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 You know? I yeah. mean, they, they made one of Salo. There's a Salo criterion. I mean, for fuck's sake, right? I mean, look, Caligula, look, I enjoy it, but a lot of people think it's just like a, a bunch of pornographic garbage, okay? This movie is not that, okay? This movie should be available, you know? But it, it was, you know, pegged as, as a film like that upon its release, you know, like oh, totally. critics slammed it, you know, it didn't really do that well. Of course, in England, you know, they they wanted to shut down, you know, fucking shut this whole the whole operation down, you know. Um, In England, though. OK. In March 2012, the BFI released a two disc DVD in England featuring the 111 minute UK theatrical version. OK. So apparently you can get this abroad. In March 2017, Shutter carried 
the 109-minute version, which is, I believe, the one that is up now. Back in October of 2019, uh, the Criterion channel, uh, hold on a second. In September 2018, Filmstruck began streaming the same U.S. cut, and it was subsequently added to the Criterion channel in October of 2019, uh, almost a year after Filmstruck shut down. The film has been since removed from Criterion's offerings. So apparently for a hot minute, it was streaming on the Criterion uh, channel. Damn. Wow. And it was streaming at one point on Shutter, and it was again in 2022. So it's kind of this weird history, right? Hmm. I think uh, I think there should be like a, a Blu-ray. You know, with <laughs> that documentary on it, like similar to the bootleg that you have. Yeah, yeah. And totally, showing totally. the the full cut of this movie. Hmm. Strange. Uh, this movie was banned in, in many countries of Europe for like a, until well into the 2000s, apparently. Like you couldn't see it at all in, in parts of Europe, uh, which which is wild. Um. You know, the, the Hell on Earth thing is really good, though. I watched a, a good chunk of it on this bootleg. Um, but now that I do know that it is on the, the, the Arrow app, which is great, you know, to watch it there. Huh? Oh, yeah, it was banned in Finland until November of 2001. I mean, that's not that long ago. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. Considering, right? You know, but again, a lot of movies, you know, we've, we've talked about and a lot of these crazy ass movies, like I said, your cannibal holocausts and your, you know, your sallows, they have these wild ass reputations, but ultimately you can find them. The fact that this movie is unavailable in America to a large degree is, you know, a bummer, but it could change. I guess we'll see. No, totally. You know. Um, but I think a lot of people were able to watch it on Shutter in the two go rounds, which is good. You know, it's just you're you're missing somewhere between seven and ten minutes of it. I'm glad I watched it twice on Shutter. Then that's 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 good. Yeah, <laughs> I really got my money's worth out of it. Yes, you did. Um, so, which brings us to the rating of the Devils. What do you give Ken Russell's The Devils on a score of one to five? Easy. I give it a five. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Uh easy five i also give this movie a five actually um i was thinking about a 4.5 but no i think it's an important movie i think it's it's i mean look like i said excellent acting the the overall like meaning behind it is really cool i think you know it's like you're getting lured in with this religious blasphemy blah 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 but no if you have if you're more of a thinking man you realize, nah, man, this is like a fucked up government movie. It's almost like an anti-governmental movie. I don't think it's an anti-religion movie. Do you? No, it's not. It's an anti-manipulation, uh, mm. anti-authoritarian film. And um, right. and but it's an anti. I I could say I would say that it's an anti-corruption film because the mm. most of the uh, people that are involved in the church in this film are somehow corrupt. You know, even even Grandier, even though he is pro- probably the you know he's like the protagonist of this of this story, but he's you know he's like you you mentioned earlier he's he's you know he's no angel he's not you know adhering to the letter of whatever ideology they have you know yeah um interesting quote from Russell on the film's controversial content the Devils is a harsh film but it's a harsh subject I wish the people were horrified and appalled by it would have read the book because the bare facts are far more horrible than anything in this film Hmm. i I picked up the book but i haven't read it yet okay yeah let us know how how it is i'll give a full report when i finish it awesome but uh yeah this was a great movie to watch fun movie to talk about for sure you know um many will know that uh what do you call it the 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 last movie uh that our our star of uh the devil's alva reed did was a gladiator and uh he actually died while the movie was being made but they were able to to fit you know they were able to get this performance out of him and and everything that you know 
He'd shot as in the movie, and he actually got nominated for a, a best supporting actor, uh, awesome, posthumously man. for that. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he died uh, of a heart attack uh, during the making of the movie. Yeah. I love I love Oliver Reed, man. Like you know, Curse of the Werewolf, uh, mm-hmm. you know, The Brood. Um, the early seventies, The Three Musketeers, which yep. is actually a really cool movie. Yeah, uh, check that movie out. Um, you know, he he loved to drink. You know, he was, uh, he liked to fight. He got into like bar fights. <laughs> you gotta love that guy. And, but I mean, he's just like an intense actor, too, man. Aside from all that mm. stuff, in addition to all that, an intense actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, a, you know, when they say like, oh, they don't make them like that anymore. And they're like, would an actor last four minutes in modern Hollywood like this? I mean, no, like they, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't get past a, a, you know, one movie maybe, right? I mean, it's just, you just, just different times, right? Yeah, well, even a modern actor, if you put them back in the seventies, you know, like you know, like Steve McQueen or like James Coburn to like kick their ass, probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they would, they would, John, Charles Bronson, you know, they wouldn't, you know, modern actors would never survive back then. The thing is, apparently. During the height of his fame, he was, you know, like I said, the Hellraiser. But when it came for him to act, he acted like a motherfucker. Like he acted, you know what I'm saying? He was, he was there, you know. Uh, it wasn't like he was a fuck up at his peak. He was a wild guy, but he was on time for work in the morning, as they say. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. You know. How about the biopic of him? Let's go, right, dude. Who would, you, who would you get to play Oliver Reed? Oh, wow. No one. I wonder. Who? I don't know. Holy shit. Hmm. Like, uh. Play him? I mean. <laughs> like, Seth I Rogen. Can't... Or something. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Oh, God, no. As Please. Oliver Reed? <laughs> no. I, I, I would sign that petition on one of those online petitions to, to, to stop the production of that movie. It was fucking Seth Rogen. Um, who knows? Wow. Watch, like, it's like, you know, like uh, some of these really good looking new actors who gains like 50 pounds and like does this amazing job. Who knows? Right. I mean, (laughs) Michael Fassbender as Alva Reed or something like that, you know, know, maybe, you know, Brit, you know, yeah, there's no shortage of like British and Australian male actors i tell you that would probably do a pretty decent job actually i, I kind of yeah. think those guys are a little bit more manly than the u.s actors ah uh, yes one, one could certainly argue that <laughs> you know but uh yes oliver fucking reed yeah check this movie out people uh if you did let us know what you thought of it um if you you know it, who knows it might be on youtube I'm not, I'm not really sure as far as that that full cut goes if you're if you're in Europe, you have a much easier time getting it. Or if you have an all region player, apparently, you can get it. But I think that that one that was available in the UK goes for like a hundred bucks now. Like I think it's like gone, the one that was available. So, you know, uh yeah. Happy hunting. I would, you know, I, I hate to say it, man, but I, I probably would if I knew that it was like the real deal, I would probably drop a hundred on like an uncut version of this, you know, mm. Euro- European cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, while don't get me wrong, the the, the shutter looks looks great, looks nice, you know. Look night and day from this DVD, I got to tell you that, the well, shutter version. Just FYI, as we record this, The Devils is still on shutter. It's still available. Oh, okay, great. So just don't don't waste any time and check this movie. Don't waste any time. Yeah, because it, it won't be on for a long, forever. So it was on once in 2017 for a little while. And uh, yeah, apparently this movie has a weird life. So check it out. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Mike. Yeah, man, as usual. And yes, uh, th- thanks for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll check you out next week. Take care. Yes. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.
If I even could 